In the Old Testament, the people were terrible at following rules. In the New Covenant, God said, I'll just put my laws directly into their minds and their hearts. When God puts something into our heart, it's so strong. I had, as a new Christian, God put something into my mind and heart. Looking back on it, I really can't even see how I could have done this as a new Christian. But it was God, it was of God, and I was supposed to do it. A young woman really thought she could get some money out of me. I owned a business at that time, so she filed a lawsuit against me and took me to court. As a new Christian, just before the court date, I heard these words, which I knew were from God. Don't testify. Now, when I say I heard these words, I'm saying to you, I heard these words in the form of a thought. Don't testify. But I believed with all my heart those were the words of God. It was the Holy Spirit actually bringing that to my mind because that's what he does. He searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God in the trial of this life that we're going through. I went to my lawyer and I said, you might not want to represent me because I believe I have heard from God, don't testify, so I'm not going to be testifying in this court case. The lawyer said, that's okay. We'll win the case, I think. He said, I know if you testify, we'll win the case. But I think we'll win the case anyway because Flo, who worked for me, witnessed the situation and she'll testify. I didn't realize the trouble that I was going to get into with my own people. The minute that Flo heard I was not testifying, she was really angry. And she said, now all the burden will be on me since you're not testifying. And I said, well, I think I've heard from God not to testify. So there's really nothing I can do about it. I don't think that helped Flo at all to hear what I thought I'd heard from God. The man I was dating at the time was not pleased with me at all over this decision. And he said to me, you are not doing this girl any good by not testifying. I said to him, I am not trying to do this girl any good. I'm trying to do what I believe God has told me to do. Well, I'm sure he didn't understand that. I don't think anyone understood, and I'm not even sure I understood. I was just following a word that I really believed was from God. We got to the courthouse, and the trial started, and my lawyer said to me, Flo's testimony did not go as well as I would have hoped. But if you will testify, we'll win this case. I said, well, let me see. So I went into the ladies' room at the courthouse, and I started praying. I said, God, what do you want me to do? And I heard, don't testify. I walked back into the courthouse, and I just shook my head no to my lawyer. The court trial continued for two days. I was acquitted of all charges. We won the case. 
There were times I didn't think we were going to win, and I even said to God, I hope you know what you're doing because we're going to lose this case. We didn't lose the case. But this was one of the times that I can remember that something was put into my heart and mind so strongly by God. There are other times that I know God has put a new desire into my heart and has changed the desire of my heart. So the thing that I once wanted, I no longer wanted. And it was completely different. In Hebrews chapter 8, God talks about this new covenant and how he will directly put his laws into the heart and the minds of his people. Hebrews eight ten and 11, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. It's really interesting because when he puts something in your heart and mind like that, it's very strong. Hebrews eight eleven he says, And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. That is repeated in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. God says, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. The Apostle John described it like this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him, doing the things he's shown you. After we're born again, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He teaches us all things, reminds us of everything that's in the word of God, guides us into all truth, and shows us things to come. That's two sections of scripture. Four things the Holy Spirit does for us and this is in two sections of scripture john chapter 14 verse 26 and john chapter 16 verse 13 so with the holy spirit in us we have an anointing to know the truth because he's the spirit of truth he will never tell you to do anything contrary to bible He will never go against the scripture. Antichrist goes against the scripture when he brings an idea. But the Holy Spirit does not do that. He is the spirit of truth, pure truth. And he shows us things to come. God sees everything. He knows what the future holds for us. We might think we're going to go a certain way. But it might not be the right way. Because we don't know the future. But God knows the future, and the Holy Spirit knows the future. 
And if God chooses to do so, he can show us the future through the Holy Spirit, but he certainly can stop us from going in a way that is detrimental to us. Continuing in 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. And now, little children, abide in him, live in that which he has shown you. Abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If we speak his words, if we speak the words of the Holy Spirit, if we do what he shows us, we have no reason to be ashamed at the second coming of Jesus. Verse 29. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Righteousness is that which is right in the sight of God. Not in the sight of man. In the sight of God. Paul once said to the church, Am I the servant of God or the servant of men? If I were the servant of men, I should not be the servant of God. And I would not please God if I were the servant of men. But I'm the servant of God. That's in Galatians 1, I'm paraphrasing. If we are born again, we have been changed by God into a new creature. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It is not so much a matter of our learning these things with our, like you'd learn English or something. It's not that. We're changed by God. I have a friend who said he went out on his back porch and something happened to him and he was different after that. I've heard that many times as a testimony from individuals on being born again. We're changed instantly by God. It's not that we learn and try to be this way. We are this way. We're a new creature when we're born again. If you have not been born again, if you have not had this experience of being dramatically changed by God and being a totally different person than you used to be, I suggest you just fall down before God and ask him for mercy. Because you can't do this of yourself. No man can do it for you. You can't learn it. No one can teach it. It's just that you're born. You're born again. You did nothing to be born as a baby. That was not of yourself. That was the will of others. Same thing with the Spirit of God. You're born again by the will of God. And Jesus says you must be born again. If you're not born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't. You can't do things of God. You can't know spiritual things unless you're born again. You can't do it with your natural mind. And sadly, most people who attend churches are not born again. If you have been changed by God, you're born again. And you have the Spirit of God to lead you. And not only that, the Spirit of God lives in us and stays with us and lives in us unless we be reprobates and turn from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? 
So he is with us to guide us, to teach us, to help us, to comfort us, to show us things to come as God wills, to show us if we're going the wrong way, to keep us on God's path by reminding us of scriptures to help us. I was attacked rather strongly a couple of nights ago, and I had these thoughts coming at me. You're not going to be saved. I was reminded of two sections of scripture. I was crying out to God, help me. And I was reminded of two sections of scripture. One has to do with that hundredfold return because at the end of that promise, Jesus said, if you have left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother for my name's sake and the gospel, you'll receive a hundredfold now in this lifetime and in the world to come eternal life. I was reminded of that. And in the world to come, eternal life. You have to know the devil is a liar. He says you're not going to be saved. Well, the scripture says I am going to be saved. Also, John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I know I hear the voice of Jesus. I know I hear the Holy Spirit and I try to follow him. And Jesus says I'll give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. Neither shall any. There will be no man do it, and there will be no spirit do it. Nothing will take you from me. So I just began talking to Jesus, and I said, You said that I would have eternal life. And you also said, Nothing could take me out of your hand. And I believe that. In a few moments, I was asking God for more help, and I heard, you are being attacked by a devil. In the end times, the devil knows his time is short, and he gets even more fierce. We have to hold on to Scripture. We have to hold on to that which we believe and not let it be ripped away from us. Revelation 12 is where it says that the devil gets more fierce toward the end time. Well, we'll read that, Revelation 12. It is in verse 12. The devil was cast out of heaven, and it says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them, because the devil was cast out. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And as it gets closer to the end, I think the devil gets more fierce. I think what we're seeing today in these protests and the gun shootings and all the things we're seeing today show the violence and the fierceness of the devil. And he is a liar. The devil is a liar. So if he tells you something, the exact opposite is true. He tells me you're not going to be saved. The exact opposite is the case. You better have scripture or something to hold on to because I didn't address the devil directly when he said that to me. 
But I did talk to Jesus about those promises of God, which are in the Bible, that shows me I will be saved. And then God helped me. In John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus is speaking to the religious leaders of his time when he was on earth. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. The devil often speaks little lies to you concerning other people. But the Spirit of God sometimes is speaking concerning other people. You have to try the spirits to see if they're of God. But I know that the devil will sometimes criticize the body of Christ. And he will sometimes, those people who are really of God, he will try to get you to turn from those people. He will try to make you turn. I've had people turn from me. I knew they were hearing from devils. We had two people in our church group that were there 39 years. And at exactly the same time, they departed from me. I knew they were following lies of the devil. One of them I know will be back because I feel I've strongly been shown by God that she will be. If you follow a lie of the devil, you're going to be going the opposite way from God. And it can bring damnation into your life. Jonah chapter 2 verse 8, They that observe lying vanities, which a devil speaks to you, forsake their own mercies. But in each of us who have had God reveal himself to us and we have been changed by him into a new creature, we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and the comforter and the helper. And he does that for us. He lives in us and is continually bringing thoughts to our mind to help us to show us another way to go, or to pull us off from a path that would be destructive to us. The Holy Spirit does that. But the laws of God are written into our minds and into our hearts when we belong to Him, when we have been born again and really changed and have the Holy Spirit in us. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.